I think sometimes people think innovation has to be new and completely outside of the zone of where you're at, but you guys took something that you already had and tweaked it just a little bit and it completely changed the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesome Inc.'s podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Awesome Inc.'s podcast. I'm pretty pumped because my favorite coach of all time is sitting in the room with us and man, I feel like he's a proud dad and a proud son. So we just walked <laughs> off the ball field together after uh, doing some some long toss. Liz was out in the outfield shagging balls, diving left and right. And yes, we are with Andy Shea of the Lexington Legends, if you didn't get all the Easter eggs. So I'm pretty pumped. And yeah, I'm just going to, Liz, you take it away because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ramble. I just love baseball. I'm glad he's with us. Liz, we're talking about Venture Labs and innovation and a pretty cool story. So... You uh, you give Annie some love and let him know why, why he's here. Thanks, Garrett. Garrett needs a chance to calm down for how excited he is I for this episode. I did have cold beer this morning, so that's why I'm a little, yes. a little um, I'm I'm on the podcast today. Garrett, let me come back. Thankfully, uh, we're going to keep going with our sort of mini series for Venture Labs. And just a quick reminder: so Awesome Inc. As you guys know, we've been driving Kentucky's entrepreneur community for over ten years, with a lot of help from our community partners. Uh, and we've now launched the Venture Labs program, which helps corporate companies have a way to tap into that success to stay innovative. So my job, as a reminder, is to build a community of people who care about innovation as much as we do. And I'm looking at another one of them. Um, So today we've got Andy Shea, one of our favorite friends of Venture Labs, mostly because he's a dang good time. And we want to talk about innovation. We want to talk about kind of the culture you've built at the Legends. I don't know that most people think baseball and then think innovation. So we're excited to change that today. So Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and then we'll dive into into some questions. Well, I appreciate it. Sounds awesome. So I'm the president and CEO of the Legends. This has been my eighth year as the president of the Legends, but I've been with the company again for 16 seasons. I uh, moved here from Philadelphia, pretty much right out of Boston College. Played baseball my first two years at BC, tore the shoulder and figured next best thing to play in was working in it. Uh, I'd never been to this state, let alone really even this part of the country. Uh, you know, I thought I'd be here for one season, then two seasons, then three, and then that was 16 seasons ago. So uh, I love it. I love this area. I love this market. And I love this industry because you could do something different every single day. And if I understand correctly, you started out like work in the parking lot, right? You've really come full circle. I did. It was funny. I mean, I still remember that like vividly in 2005 when, you know, I'm working the parking lot and these parents I'm, for like a high school baseball game, let alone for Legends games, but for the high school games. And at that time, I really wasn't that far removed from playing in high school. And I thought it was so awesome when we played where the Phillies did. I thought it was so awesome where we played in uh, minor league ballparks. And these parents were giving me hell over two bucks. <laughs> and I was like, Remember in the back of my head. used to be $2? Yeah. Well, in the back of my head, I was like, man, I'm 650 miles away from anyone I know. I just graduated from Boston College and I'm getting yelled at by people I have no clue so that they can watch their kids on at that time a fifth year a five year old professional baseball stadium. I was like, what the heck is going on? But at this point, I mean, I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world. I mean, I loved that. I did literal door to door season ticket sales. I did season ticket sales phone calls where 
you know, I was told to make 75 a day. So I was like, screw it. And I made a hundred a day, you know, it was like, and I mean, there were plenty of times where I'd dial three numbers and then quick hang up the phone. But now, I mean, I wouldn't trade that stuff for the world. Let's talk a little bit about, um, obviously we care about baseball. Garrett's probably going to have a lot of I'm ready. baseball fanatic Sweet. questions, but I'm going to try to keep us focused on innovation. So you've built something really unique at the Legends. I don't think we're saying that just because we love Lexington so much, but we're proud of our local baseball team. I don't know that everyone even knows theirs, right? But you've made a name, you've made a brand in the community. And I think a lot of that has come from this sort of atmosphere of like any idea is a good idea. We want the creative ones. We want the crazy ones. You guys do all sorts of weird parties and you call them baseball games. You let people throw out ideas. So talk to me about how you build that sort of culture, both on your internal team and then maybe sort of as your brand in the community. Well, absolutely. I mean, like, it's funny. I mean, we, you know, I I say it multiple times a year that when we're talking about like a promotion or event or something, I'll be like, all right, start with someone winning a trip to the moon. All right. If we can't do that, then what's the step right below that? Well, what's the other step? And just trying to get them to think as weird, wild, crazy as humanly possible. And I mean, I joke with them almost all the time. I'm like, how many times do I say no? You know, it's like, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, and that's what's awesome. And that's what's so fun about this industry. I think this company and I think, again, this market is that, you know, you can try really weird, goofy things. And sometimes they're awesome. Sometimes they're not. But I mean, with our, again, with the industry and the company and the brand that we have, and I think that we've built up, I always think it's worth a try. And, you know, again, just keep, keep having fun with it. And, you know, you throw enough against the wall, that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's just not having that complacency and it's not just looking at, oh, well, this is last year. Oh, well, this was last year. It's like, okay, that's fine. And of course that's valuable, but what next? I have two questions. The first one's, I don't know if you can share, but what's maybe the weirdest thing you guys tried that didn't work? You know, I mean, it's kind of funny. I guess it depends how you define didn't work. But uh, I mean, when we did a funeral giveaway, that was definitely weird. (laughs) Like that was, I mean, it was kind of received cool, like, because I mean, it's one of those things you don't like thinking about it and blah, blah, blah. But it definitely was weird. And like the, the finals for like winning it, uh, the three people on the field in the middle of a game read what their obituary obituary would be. Can you walk like me? They wrote I'm it. sorry, you just threw out funeral giveaway. Like <laughs> yeah. I have participated in that before. I'm looking <laughs> right. at Garrett, and he hasn't either. <laughs> no? What's a funeral what? giveaway? So like, I mean, it was funny. It was uh, one of the local funeral homes partnered with us, and I mean, if, if I remember right, because it was a little while ago, and we haven't really revisited it, but I think it was like they gave up to something like a five thousand dollar credit towards funeral services. Sure. Which to be clear is a hard time in life when having support and extra help. I'm sure like I definitely understand where that is a great idea. Oh, and it's, it's like one of those, again, super morbid. And that's what, again, it was kind of creepy and weird, but (laughs) I mean, it sadly is a real life thing. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, people participated. Yeah. I guess that's how you, you know, again, whether you define success, however so, but sure. I mean, people definitely participated in it. And yeah. I think they left again, really weirded out <laughs> as I think we all but were. Maybe but, with a smirk on their face. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, and heck, someone won. It's, you know, in a sense, like winning real money. So yeah, it was, so. but that one definitely stands out. I mean, that one uh, was <laughs> very, 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 very unique. And uh, sure. Yeah, it's been a while since we did that one. (laughs) So my second question, this seems, 
uh, like it comes naturally for you. We talk a lot about how sometimes companies get too held up and this is our very specific product or service and they don't think about the customer experience. You guys, you're a, you're a baseball team, you're a baseball field, but I think you do a great job at not getting fixated on it's just a game. People are paying a ticket to come to a game. They're paying a ticket for an experience or a memory. Has that always been a part of your understanding of baseball or has that sort of developed over your time of running this company? I think it's definitely developed over the time here and kind of in our industry too, where it's like, hey, if we have an awesome team and talent on the field, that's great. But if we don't, hey, we still need to sell tickets. We still want to have people to have fun. Um, We still need to kind of do our job in that part of it. So um, the more that we've been able to, in a sense, focus on the off-field type stuff, uh, that's where, and then it just snowballs and grows from there on what you can do. Because again, a regular season for us is 70 games. So, I mean, on one hand, I'd love to do something different 70 times, but then it's like, okay, wait, maybe that's not totally realistic. So how can yeah. we do 50, you know, or whatever the case is. Sure. So talk to me a little bit. There are two programs that we love. Uh, and here in a second, I want to get to sort of how you guys tackled 2020, but you have been innovative for a long time. Talk to me about the mustache. Talk to me about the mascot, how that sort of creative process came up and maybe like change perception or the brand. Well, definitely. So when we, it was like 11, it was during our 12th season and it was kind of like, Hey, I like the, of course, I love the name Lexington Legends. It's the alliteration. You can have fun with it marketing. It makes sense. It gets people talking, all of that stuff. And our colors were navy blue and hunter green. And it's like, okay, A1 safe. You know, like you're not, you're not offending anyone by that stuff. But it was, (laughs) so it was like, all right, how can we go from, not from A to Z, you know, not completely rename ourselves, completely rebrand and go to pink and yellow. But it was, how can we, flare it up? How can we, you know, you know, electrify it? How can we just make it more fun? Uh, so we started, you know, we made it a little cooler blue, a little cooler green. And then it was funny. I mean, we started, you know, like everyone else in this state, we were like, oh, what if it was a horse mascot? Or what if it was something to do with horses? And what if it was something, what if it was a horse fly? And then it was like one of those ones where like, <laughs> I love that. it would have been I awesome. I mean, that one is a horse fly. Yeah. So it was like, everything was like geared towards horses and I get it. It's the equine capital of the world. But then it was like, you know what? Our must, our mascot has had this big, huge mustache this whole time. Whether it's seeing pictures of babies with like a mustache pacifier, or you see People that have the mustache tattoo on their index finger. You see, you know, mustaches are just like a cultural funny for all ages and demographics. So, and then we were like, what if it's literally just a mustache? And it was funny. I mean, because it was after like kind of our idea sharing and talking to different people in our company, out of our company, former company, whatever it may be. And then it was just really funny that it was like almost the best idea had in a sense, literally been right in front of us the whole time. Under your nose? Yeah. I've missed that for eight years. That's <laughs> awful. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was so funny. And like, in all seriousness, at the, the very first year, we were like, wait, is this a little too over the top? What if it was? So actually, that very first year, it was just the team only wore that hat on road games because we thought, OK, it won't like offend anyone around here or be too weird but it'll be pretty cool on the road and maybe people from different cities will want to buy it. Yeah. But then after that first year, we were like, we're going way all in, you know, like we're, we've gone 
of course they wear it at home. They wear it on the road. We still eight years in. I mean, we have mustache, everything. We have corny mustache, uh, like shirts every single year. I mean, I had to like ban myself from buying more mustache stuff on Amazon because I went on like a kick with doormats, post-it notes, paper clips, uh, glasses, and I don't even wear glasses, pillows. Like I had just, uh, note cards. I could go on. So I was like, okay, this is funny, but like to myself. So uh, it's been awesome. I think what I find interesting to put it in more practical terms from like an innovation perspective is you guys, I think sometimes people think innovation has to be new and completely outside of the zone of where you're at, but you guys took something that you already had and tweaked it just a little bit and it completely changed the game. And maybe your next thing will be completely out of the box. Who knows? But I think sometimes people, they're intimidated. I don't know that you even probably viewed that process as like, wow, this is incredibly innovative. But it is because you allowed your team to think creatively enough to say, like, what are we missing? What can we view in just a different way? And that that's pretty rare. I don't mm-hmm. think all leaders do that. Well, I appreciate that. And I mean, it's funny. Sometimes I check, you know, we've got to kind of check ourselves on almost the opposite. You know, like one thing that comes to mind this year was, you know, the whole too close to the forest, you don't see the trees type thing where there were a bunch of like minor league baseball teams that were showing movies at the, in their ballpark, like on the jumbotron. And like they were, it was field of dreams or it was sandlot, you know? So the people in our office really started going down this rabbit hole of it's not going to be a baseball thing. Cause that's what everyone else is doing. And then it like, it was like, wait, First of all, just because they're doing that in Pensacola, Florida means literally nothing for our fans and for our market. And then it's like, hey, you know what? We are a baseball stadium, so we should have a baseball movie. You know, so I mean, it was like that was the more recent one on the flip side where it was like, okay, hey, just because it may not literally be unique in the country doesn't mean that it's not still not great for us right here we always say uh focus on the hot dog around here like keeping the main thing the main thing that's what matters so yeah no that's good i think one thing too if you don't want me jumping in and this goes back to your innovative comment it's has nothing to do with technology i mean yeah we work with startups and cool tech companies but you took america's pastime which is still super relevant in my opinion thanks for agreeing with me and of course you found a way to beef it up and make it fun for anybody from the six-year-old who wants to go play for your team to the elderly couple where that's been their Friday night date for so many years. And it's still cool to keep it fresh and invite a company like Awesome Inc. where we work with a wide array of people to come and be a part of your summer. And that's something that to me was really, really special. It's we got to be a part of your innovation, not vice versa. And so that's cool that just to see what you've done with your program and your culture. And that's again, a huge, that's a huge reason why we sought you out is because you are not like every other baseball CEO or anybody that we see you focus on your culture. And that's, that's what a lot of companies are needing right now. So again, props to you for what you've done. It's been really exciting to watch the legends. As a, as a shameless plug, what Garrett's referring to is Andy and his team graciously let us host our five across pitch competition. Uh, it was almost three times. It yeah, was well, almost yeah, three times. It, we yeah. did it there twice and we almost <laughs> did it three times. It is 2020. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> but no, Garrett, I think that's a great point. We, what you did didn't require a single line of code. It didn't require a new software system. A, an app or, you know, anything that. Yeah. You just changed something need- small and it, like, it sounds like it re-energized what you guys were doing at the time. It did. Really I mean, cool. it's funny. I mean, like we've, uh, you know, I tell everyone in my office has heard me say this probably like a million times. Start with yes. You know, it's like if you're talking, it's like, yes, like, I, you know, we can do it this way or we can do it like this. 
you know, there's nothing that kills me more than when someone just says no. It's like, okay, well, you better tell me why. Or, you know, like, because, yeah. like, because this is better for everyone. If we can have, whether it, you know, whatever, whether it's events, whether it's stuff at the stadium, whether it's, uh, you know, the other one that was funny that I just, I thought that our staff uniforms during games were just like, again, kind of lame. Um, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I am going to go to A to Z on this one. And I'm not exactly like the tie-dye shirt type of personality, but uh, our staff uniforms were tie-dye t-shirts that had mustaches all over them. Love and it. it was so funny how like I got like long emails from our front office staff that sits 20 feet away from me telling me why they didn't think that it, we should be wearing that, why they didn't think. And like almost every time I'm like, all right, let's not take ourselves too seriously here. Like this is literally, we tell ourselves all the time, this is about fun. Mm -hmm. So why do we feel like we need to wear a Navy blue polo shirt to work every day? You know what I mean? The thing that was so funny with that year too is, uh, I mean, the fans loved it so much that we literally ended up selling them in the, say, in the store. Yeah, in exactly. The store. And we still have. <laughs> and I mean, it was literally our, be our number one seller in the merchandise <laughs> store. So, I mean, there was one where it was like, that was not by design that it was going to be like some like retail trendsetter. Yep. But it was just so fun, goofy and like out there that you have that tie dye and mustache combo <laughs> that it ended up being awesome. And as a staff, it's, we stood out. Yep. So that was good too. Absolutely. I think to that point as well, you, you're leading your team. Sure. They're not, they're all ball players. Like you have a staff that you mentioned and they look to you. And when you're taking yourself way too seriously, that loses the fun. So the fact that you're like, guys, take a deep breath. We're supposed to be providing entertainment. That's good to hear, especially for someone who's not in that arena all the time. Love it. Yeah. Well, as you guys can see now, I'm wearing shorts. So, I mean, I, I try <laughs> I and do it year round. I mean, I, I love, you know, like, and it's, I think that that's almost like that it, it hits everyone else when they see me walk in the door, vice versa, that it's like, okay, you know, this dude wears shorts almost 12 months a year. Like, let's not take it over the top serious. Like, of course it's real work and, you know, we're getting paychecks and so forth, but you just simply have to have fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Rule number 17, bring the fun, baby. Yes. <laughs> Good plug. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing. And then I think in our next episode, we're going to move to what your innovation looked like in 2020. Um, but when we got to come to a venture labs workshop for you guys, one of the coolest things for me that had nothing to do with the workshop was finding out about your stash tank program. Our, our pitch workshop was not, you guys are no strangers to pitch competitions as we found out. And you guys came up with that sort of all on your own. So I don't, I don't know that I hear about it talked about in the community a ton. So I would love for more people to hear about what was that stash check program? Cause you guys have taken the spirit of entrepreneurship and really applied it to schools. So. Well, awesome. And I mean, it kind of gives me chills even thinking about like how it really, really started. So so several years ago, like for the first time in minor league baseball history, they hired a young guy to run the diversity initiatives and really kind of expanding the fan base as well as who works in minor league baseball so that it's more diverse. And so that we're, you know, really and truly baseball is America's pastime. So, I mean, that's should be for a hundred percent of the people in America and in the world for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so I was really honored because he had heard of what I had done in Lexington, what the legends had done. So like a month after he was hired, we were literally out of the 160 minor league baseball teams. Uh, we were the first place that he visited in person. And we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, he had already sent out like a few surveys to the 160 teams. So I started talking to him about, Hey, I think we can do this. I think we can do this. I think we can do this. And 
you know, whether it was the new factor, whether it was 160, whether it was like, you know, across the map, like it was still just surveys. So I was like, I want to do. So I was like, you know what? We don't really need, you know, it doesn't need to be part of the minor league baseball format. So, uh, you know, what my concept was, was to reach people in more diverse areas of Lexington at each level of school. So it was in elementary school, it was William Wells Brown. In middle school, it was Crawford Elementary. High school, Bryan Station High School. College, Kentucky State University. So I talked to either principals or administrators at each place on how we can have a bigger presence just from the legends there. And then I thought, okay, the coolest way possible to get them pumped about really nothing to do with what happens on the field. You know, it, was, it, it didn't have the, the jersey on your back, you know, type thing. It was what can we come up with that would get them really pumped about the business of baseball and what we, you know, in a sense do on a 12 month basis in the legends office. So then it was like, okay, cool. You know, there's obviously the show's shark tank. So, and with the mustache, so it was like, all right, we've got the name for it right there. Easy enough with stash tank. <laughs> so, and I, and the key to me was, was that we would have these, the groups at each one of these levels of school participate in putting together like a little business model. But the key was that the winning group, we did it so that they really saw what that, what they were pitching and what their business model was. They saw it in action at the ballpark. So for elementary school, uh, it was, it was, uh, they decided and put a business model together for a giveaway item. And again, the key was, was that they was so funny and the little bar graphs were so funny and cute. Like, <laughs> They would poll 20 of their friends. Do you think this is cool or not? And 19 people thought it was cool and one person didn't. So Do it's cool. Do you want a slap wristband or <laughs> a new was, whistle? One was a slap <laughs> mustache bracelet. Yep. One was a little uh, like glow in the dark bracelet. Again, that I had never really even heard of. One year it was, uh, it was this was awesome because it was also like healthy initiative, but it was a Legends water bottle that had like the little fruit infuser thing oh, cool. that you could have in it. Uh, one year it was a like thunder sticks noisemaker type thing. So mm -hmm. again, and with all these, it wasn't just the idea part. I mean, they researched what the costs were. They researched what was popular and what was trending. And they put together whether at a, you know, fourth and fifth graders were putting together PowerPoint presentations that they came to the ballpark to present to a couple people from our office, but then also several other kind of community leaders and our city councilman was at each one as a judge. I mean, it That's was awesome. absolutely awesome for the middle schoolers. It was like, all right, maybe like a little level up. So theirs was pick, it was selecting and really creating a food item that we would have on our concession stands. So I will admit I am a pet pig owner. So the one that I have literally never tried was the bacon wrapped chicken nuggets. That was one of the winners that I'm sorry, I've still never tried because for those who don't pork know, free. One yeah, of exactly. Andy's secrets is he the big pig guy. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that was cool is that again, like they put together these menu items and they figured out what the prep time was and what the cost of each ingredient was, not just like the, you know, the total cost. So I mean, I think they really, really learned something about our business, about the food industry and everything else. Uh Bryan Station High School. They put together like a, a event planning slash marketing plan for opening day. And then the college one was really cool, too, in a different regard. Theirs wasn't necessarily pitching to us, but then we sponsored 10 kids from there to go to the baseball winter meetings. 
and the tra- the job fair that goes on there so that they could see and be part of, you know, really kind of our business of it. So it was really amazing because it, you know, it spurred like crazy everyone's entrepreneurial spirits. And whether you're a fourth grader or you're us in the office, the middle schoolers, the everyone that was coming together to really brainstorm, but also really research what goes on with the baseball side of it. And then I hope it was so awesome for these kids when they went to the giveaway game and telling their parents or anyone that was around, hey, that was, we thought of that. Me and my friend thought of that. Uh, when they would see Crawford Middle School on our menu and be able to point oh, to I that. I mean, how awesome. That would be bigger than life as a little kid. So that's what was, I mean, that was the goal. And that was, you know, again, to really kind of spur and create that interest in just creating in general. But then, of course, also the, hey, this is so cool. And this is a heck of a lot more than, you know, being able to throw really hard or hit the ball a lot. Yeah. Because absolutely. none of us do that now. Uh, so here in a bit, we're going to, kind of jump to the year 2020 and what that's meant for your team. But I think the two things I want to call out, because I we spend so much time talking about the theory and philosophy of innovation, and you're just living it. <laughs> but the two things that I notice is one, as two, two of the biggest things we've learned that are important for innovation are one, executive sponsorship. And I love it. You said that you're a yes person. And that I think is pretty rare from like a C-suite. And I understand you guys have a relatively small team. It's not like you've got, you know, a 300 member office, but still you're a yes guy. You're, you empower your employees to come up with those ideas. And I don't know, I hope you know how valuable that is. And then two, that you have created this community where any idea goes, like any idea is like even among employees, even among the kids that you work with. Um, so both executive sponsorships, but then you're just down for new stuff. I mean, when we, I think you were probably the easiest pitch of our Venture Labs workshop. We were like, <laughs> yep. hey, can we come help your employees think of new ideas and iterate on them? And you were like, yeah, what I don't, in what world would I say no to this? Um, and we had a great time. It was just such a energetic group because and we could tell we were walking into something that was that was pretty rare for like a corporate company if you will so yeah i just want to name those things that you're you tell these stories and you're living it but these are actual lessons that i think other companies can apply to them as well so with that we'll kind of wrap up this episode and i'm excited to talk to people about what you guys what you did with all of this culture of innovation in 2020 sweet Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.